0: Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I am, well, I am typically your host, Tyler Chisholm, but today we're going to have a little role reversal. Uh, I've had a very interesting experience in my life that I was really excited to share with my audience and and no better format, my favorite format than the podcast and no other better format than to have it with a trusted friend and a long time, uh, you and I have crossed paths for years, my my good friend and fellow podcast host, Mr. Scott Martin. Hello, How Bob are you, Scott? from Canada. Doing great.
1: I'm really <laughs> excited. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh I see it's a privilege to be able to, you know, kind of walk you through this. So I'm excited.
0: Thank you so much Scott for coming on. I appreciate well. one, I know, I know how busy you are. So I really appreciate your time and you and I way back, I think around episode 10 or 20 of they just get it. Uh, you, I had the privilege of being interviewed by you and it was a great episode. Not only did I enjoy the experience, but it, it gave my audience a little bit of the, what they were asking, like, well, okay, Kryler, that's great that you interview people, but who the hell are you and who the hell's behind the scenes? And I gotta, I gotta remember back. You got me a couple times. You had a really good, a few solid questions there. So maybe give the audience a little bit of backstory, Scott. You got a million things on the go, but what, what are the things that you're the most proud of right now? And kind of what are, what are you up to? And then we'll pivot into this. Yeah, great, great
1: question. What am I most proud of? I think um, right now I'm really most proud of my relationship with my wife. Um, you know, we just came back from a full week of, um, a, it's called a relationship uh, uh, platinum event uh, with Tony Robbins in Texas. And um, I was a platinum partner for a year, and I've now gone to my second year of training so I'm really proud of the investment that both my wife and i've have been have invested in our relationship um I've made it a big priority, and my health is my big priority this year, so I'm really proud of just making the decision to make that a priority because I've made business such a high priority and and spirituality the intersection that we're talking about has been something that i've has been uh, on my um uh, you know it has my attention i've been really excited about, to be honest with you, as you and I were talking before this episode, I did an episode of podcasts with Guru Singh, a world-renowned uh, guru, and uh, talking about spirituality and marketing. And um, I was a little nervous about it, to be honest with you, because I wasn't sure if the marketing advertising world was ready for this kind of conversation. And uh, boy, did I, was not expecting the positive and overwhelming response. So I think your timing of what we're going to talk about is, Um, ahead of the curve. But I think its timing is at the beginning of what is probably going to be on the tip of a lot of people's uh, minds and are curious about this. And it's not as scary as maybe people think. And I think this whole intersection has a place. And I think we're really excited about having this conversation. And you, like you said, oh, you and scum- I, would have this conversation at a coffee shop. We have, just so everybody knows, me and Tyler and I have had these conversations about this intersection of spirituality and business over the last 10 years, over coffee at Starbucks across the street from his his business. And now we're actually having a podcast, but I think it's kind of funny because we've been talking about this for a long time.
0: That is a cool, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. One, hey, k- kudos to you. I love that you answered. I'll be honest. I was kind of expecting, I got a podcast, I got a book, I got, you know. But wow, you picked relationship, and you picked a you know something in your life that clearly, like you said, you're making important. Uh, you you surprised me with that answer, which is always I appreciate. Well, le- le- good for you, man. That's that, that's awesome. Like I said, like you like you said, we've had these conversations many times. Let's share the audience. So um, I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut right to it. I've recently had the experience of going through a five day aboga ceremony, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, I'll give you a quick 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 little ground floor of it, and then we can get into like what it was and what it was all about. Aboga is a plant medicine that comes out of a village in Africa called uh, in Gabon and it is derivative of a, of a of a root it's, it's a ground up root it's like almost like a like a powder and it has been used in spiritual ceremonies for and personal development often used by the shamans in the village and over the last I'm not sure how many years but it has been moved more to accessibility to everyone and it's if you've maybe heard of ayahuasca, you peyote, um, mescaline, there's a lot of substances that I think play in this space of giving you access to a deeper a deeper sense of self, a, dip, a an access to the spiritual world, access to your soul. There's a lot of interesting twists and turns when you get into this topic. And I got introduced to this about a year ago, and I've got a long journey of personal development and just questing and always looking for more and fine tuning, and geez, you know, it's, does it have to be this hard, or do I have to feel this unsettled? And Aboga was kind of, I think I would say a culmination of all that, which was a five day ceremony that I did very fortunately here in in Calgary with two women facilitators that were trained in Gabon um, and have been on their own personal journey. So that's to set the stage what this episode is about, to bring it down from spirituality and that intersection of. So many ways that spirituality seems to be, it's not church and state anymore. It's all, it's becoming all encompassing. (laughs) Hey, we're, 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 we're whole humans, right? With this, this belief that we compartmentalize this and compartmentalize that, but yet it's still us that shows up. So that's a little bit of my story of what we're going to talk about today. So Scott, I will stop being the host and I will turn it over to you and uh, I will get, put myself firmly in the guest chair. Well, I think one of the first questions I have is how
1: did you even hear about it? And what made you decide to do this versus the other options like what like how did you even stumble on doing this like what was the origin of this and and what was the was there a question in your mind was there because you heard about it and you decided to act on it like an ad like oh there's over i'm gonna maybe try that or (laughs) or were you actually on a quest going i'm looking and i found between these five options this is the one i want to do like what was the origin story of this
0: great question so I love it. Was it an ad? I saw I could they converted me. I acted and I purchased and now, now I'm yeah. now I'm in the loyalty cycle. No, very much. I would say probably mid-20s, not to go too far back, but really I, I bought a book actually called The Craft of the Warrior. And I've mentioned it, I think I might have even mention it on the last yeah. podcast. And it was this gentleman who said, you know, there's a way to live like a warrior. And of course, I'm 26. so It's kind of, I was attracted to this title. It was not about fighting or war or, or Hollywood or any of those, you know, what you might like easily attribute the word warrior to. It was about living your life free from things that suck your energy into places that are no longer beneficial. And he broke down yoga. He broke down NLP. He broke down the Feldenkrais method. He broke down Buddhism. Every chapter was what he believed were different disciplines out there in the world, from all kinds of intersections. It didn't matter from religious background or cultural. If he felt that they allowed you to live a more free life and a more present and a more centered life, he called them uh, what did he called. I think he called them energy sucks. Like, what are you investing your energy in? That's of no. That's no. That's not beneficial to you. That really, in the big scheme of things, doesn't matter. and Kind of robs your joy, and. That was a moment in me, I went, whoa, whoa, you mean I have a choice to feel the way I want to feel? Like, I can decide to be happy? Like, and it sounds so silly now to say it, but at 26, that was a big, you know, you've been given a certain set of beliefs growing up in an environment, your parents did the best they could, they, you know, school system did the best it could. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, okay, maybe I'm driving this bus. So from 26 to fast forward, 47 years old, it's been a journey from taking NLP uh, practitioner courses to pursuing yoga like it's funny if i look back at that book i've done probably about i've pursued actively 75 percent of the things that they laid out in this book from yoga to reading about buddhism and it's been a journey for me and so about a year and a bit ago a really good friend of mine i think through just actually you know what he was walking downtown and this woman walks up to him and says hey my friend really thinks you're cute likes your vibe give her a call so not online not twitter uh, sorry not uh not, not a dating app, anything. And he goes, oh, I gives this woman school. a call. Finds out that she, <laughs> literally, it's, you know, right up there with, you know, meeting, you know, how, how I met your mother's story or how I met your dad kind of story. And he connects with her. They go on a couple dates. Finds out that she's about three weeks away from going to Africa to take basically her training, a two-month intensive training in this village in Gabon, in Gabon, not in the village, the village is in, in Gabon, to become, eventually, become an aboga facilitator. And I had, at that point, encountered ayahuasca. I'd heard about peyote mescaline. I've, I'd read the tales of Don Juan and Carlos Castaneda. Like, a lot of the books um, I'd read had referenced these, these vision quests and this spirit quest. I had a few friends a bunch of years ago that went down to Mexico, went down to South America and did ayahuasca, uh, which is, it's a, I've, everything I've ever heard about ayahuasca is it can be incredibly insightful, but it's incredibly aggressive and can be very violent. Like, lots of like purging, vomiting, deep, dark visions that you see. And I was always curious about it because I'm like, you know, I do believe that you can do a lot of reading and self-development and a lot of discovery on your own, absolutely. But I also believe there's things locked away inside. There's beliefs, there's past experiences that just maybe aren't accessible to me from a personal journey perspective, but yet I know they're affecting my decisions and my feeling every day. So I had been on a bit of a quest for it and that's how I got introduced to it, was a good buddy of mine. And he's like, yeah, I I I think I'm gonna do this when she gets back. So I got really curious, and so I was able to kind of parallel and watch his experience of getting ramped up for it, as I was almost more of a, of a, of a, a of a spectator as you were. So that was about 14 months ago that that happened. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, so 14 months ago, then what was the process of going from being aware of it to doing it? Like, do you? Where do you like? Even do you just Google it? Like, how do you? And is there such thing as it? Like. Are, like I've heard from people like doing um, what's it called the ayahuasca. You got to be careful about who you go and and you know who facilitates. Like there's, I mean, to me, it's yeah. it's no small consideration. We're talking about something that I, I don't even know what I don't even know what we're talking about because I've never done it. But I'm like to me, I'm like nervous. I'd want to be really certain about the decision because it seems like a pretty important one. What is the next step like when you've kind of thought about this and how did you?
0: Well, 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 Scott, I would, I would venture to guess that this might, be, might have been your next step as well. I invited her to come on my podcast. Oh. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I scratch my own itch. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I was like, you know how I can have an intense, focused conversation that is going to benefit other people, but it's also going to scratch, <laughs> scratch my itch. So uh, her name was Adele Emilson, and she uh, had done my, my buddy did his aboga experience, and it's a five day experience. Where you do two ceremonies inside those five days, which we'll get into kind of when I when I go down that path, he had a, he had a bit of a rough ride. It it showed him things about himself and his life, like some of the intentions that I've heard referred to, and I've talked to people that have done ayahuasca and been on multiple experiences, and they said, you know, you kind of have three key intentions. It's or, or what the plant medicine will show you is like show me who I become, you know, reconnect me to my soul and heal my heart as like three of the core intentions that seem to be very consistent as I do a lot of reading across this. So I saw him is, go sorry, through Is that, that. the intention of the plant, r- or is that your intention when you go into it? It's your intention going into it. But what I've heard from a lot of people that have done it, they're like, well, whether that's in your intention or not, that's kind of what happens. It's a bit of a universal okay. truth. From what I, again, I'm only, this is very passed on. It's Was all, it's all a lot of words. So I, I Okay. It very much was. yeah, abs- abs- absolutely. And I, I'll get into my questions and setting my intention, but so I saw my buddy go through kind of that experience. and he had a pretty rough ride in the sense that he saw a lot of things in his life that he had denied or that he had looked away from or when he got hard. So I kind of watched him go through it and I was like, okay, like my experience won't be your experience, but that seems pretty rough in the moment. I was like, okay, I said, so I'm still curious, but maybe I'm stepping back a little bit. Like the fear the fear is real, and the apprehension is real. So I invited Dell on the podcast. She walks me through her experience, and I won't do that on the show today, but please go back and check out, I think it's episode 60 or 61, Adele Emilson, you know, a bogus mind-blowing experience that she shows, that she shared with us from deep addiction to unresolved traumas from her youth to a brother passing away to multiple car accidents and physical problems, that her first aboga experience, it all became clear as to the why, and to why she can no longer needs to be attached to it. So I got really excited and felt a lot more comfortable with her as a facilitator of this. So I felt that I'd reduce my risk a little bit of going, I've met this woman. I've heard her experience. It's sincere. It's authentic. It's real. Like I feel, I feel safe to go into this. And I was going to do it last Christmas. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm not ready. And I I just, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I, I don't, I don't really know why I just wasn't there yet. Fast forward this year, I was chatting with them about it. And they said, you know, it's their experience that it kind of takes people a year to a year and a half from when they hear about it to get comfortable with it, to actually doing it. So my journey was very much kind of on par with what they shared is again, what is typical in this world. They said, typically people are really curious, but there was some apprehension of like, it is still a very big unknown. So I kind of parked it until about the summer. And one of the things I went in, I suffer, I, I used to suffer from psoriasis which is a skin disorder. It's super annoying. It's not life debilitating, but it is incredibly inconvenient, dry skin. And 5% of the global population suffers from it, but there's there, nobody knows any idea what it is. It's an auto. It's an autoimmune. So my psoriasis got really bad in the summer. And I was like, you know what? Maybe the answer to the psoriasis lies in this journey of understanding myself. Because I, believe, I believed, let I me mean, get what it was worth, that this is not a medical thing. This is psychosomatic. There's something in, my, in me that's not lined up that's causing my body to react and show up this way. And it really flared up in the summer. And that, for me, was one of my main drivers of like, okay, enough of this. I got to try something and I don't want to go down the road of more significant, you can go on to um, biologics, like, you know, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year drugs that you've got to be on for the rest of your life that will clear it up. But I'm like, I had no interest in going down that path. I'm like, I got to pursue this avenue because I feel like I've tried everything else. And that's what really pushed me over the edge to wanting to get back involved. And I reached out to Adele and said, "All right, when's your next? Uh, you know, when's your next experience?" And it was uh, it was in October. And I signed up. I basically committed to her verbally at, at, at so that point. So it was point. done. So what pushed you over was a physical
1: ailment you thought would happen through using this. It wasn't the spiritual journey. It was that's what the tipping point was. Maybe it'll also address this. So has that been in the past? if people had physical ailments be relieved from doing something like this? That's question one. Talk,
0: talking to a I, yes, talking to Adele. The answer is yes. Okay,
1: and the question two is: Is there any negative effects to this? Because I know in ayahuasca, there's a small percentage of people they have a very negative effect and it affects them for life. And I'm like, mm, is it worth that?
0: I've listened to a, I think it was Doctor um, Carl Hart on um, on Rogan, and he talked about the benefit of, of drugs for well-adjusted, mentally healthy adults. And I really appreciated his perspective of like, if you've got any type of past traumas or psych, like any type of psychological challenge, this might not be the approach for you there. And the risk is, what if I don't know that going in, if I'm gonna have a psychotic break. So you're right, it absolutely there is some risk to it. I felt very confident in that, that that was not gonna be an issue for me. And also I had spent a lot of time over the years with coaches, counselors uh, from every type, from business, uh, business coaches, being very much, okay, here's what we, you know, here's how to mechanically do this very successfully to people like, Hey, what, how's the, what, what beliefs are holding me back? So it's a journey that I've been on for, like I said, since I was about 26, 27 in all different shapes and sizes. So I was confident that that wasn't going to be me. And I, Hey, I'm going to throw an asterisk in here. I have experimented with psychedelics before I was young and well, I wouldn't just blame it on youth. Um, I had never had a bad experience really on maybe once doing acid at a push I party when I was 16, and which I'm for, unfortunately, well. yeah, <laughs> Which is, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have really negative stories around psychedelics. And this, a boga fits into psychedelics, but it's certainly, it's not like any other psychedelic I'd done. So I had some confidence there that I wasn't going to, you know, that Pandora's Pandora's box was going to be manageable. And that was my own, again, that's a very personal thing. And that was my own personal assessment.
1: Interesting. So, you know, when you're talking about, you did the (laughs) pre-work, the maybe unintentional or intentional, it's, when you've kind of like, – you and I have been on this journey with self-development. I mean when you and I talk about how much – how many books, coaches, money we've spent and stuff. Like I I feel like I'm now at the point where I'm like top tier. Like I'm going, what could be a difference maker? Is that really what you kind of went, hey, you know what? I feel like I've really – it never ends. But I'm like are you kind of now – I feel like if somebody hadn't done any work and went in without doing any personal work prior, they might have a totally different experience But, you know, for you, it's, it's, you feel confident enough because you've done so much pre-work, like, like, you and I have been talking about, you know, I've been, we've been on this pretty aggressive self-development curve for a decade now,
0: consistently. Oh yeah. I've been on it. I've been on it 20, like I turned 48 in a couple of days. So I've been on it for 20 years and, you know, baby steps got bigger steps and there was different phases. So yeah, I did talk to the, both, both the facilitators and they said, what, you know, you do some pre-work. So when you sign up and you kind of put your money down, that's the energetic transaction. Mm-hmm. Like it's now, it's now real. You're now committed. So you do the pre-screening and they said, well, give us your history of personal development. So they asked that question. So you're absolutely on the right track. And they said, you know, for someone who hasn't done any personal development, who doesn't have that, even that basic sense of awareness of like, like the world isn't doing something to me. This is all on me. Like I am, I am the one driving the boat here or driving the bus. They said it can be pretty challenging for people. Cause that basic level of like, I'm in control and that, that foundation of self-awareness that comes like when she takes the red pill, blue pill, we're gonna, it's gonna trip the their matrix here. Trip them out. Yeah, it's it's gonna it might trip a breaker for sure. Like, but for me, they're like what you'll experience is probably a lot more of a fine-tuning. Like you're adjusting the dials, which again, you always have to like <laughs> use the matrix. You know, is, is that what happened because that's what they set in motion to happen? But that was absolutely what it was for me. It was very profound, but it wasn't it didn't blow my mind. It just was like, wow, I'd never thought of that that way. So yes, having pre-work, having put some time in, like they joke about a boga. This isn't a vacation, right? This is like, you have to be prepared to do the work. And they say that a what, lot. What is that? When this is not the, an work. Easy is the road, work, Not letting yourself get distracted, sitting in it. Like I have to tell you, I did a five-day retreat, which was well-run well-fed, well-comfort, everything, I wanted to get the hell out of there like there was no tomorrow. The experience with the plant medicine was easy. Me sitting around for two days with my own thoughts, processing what I've learned and seen, as they refer to it, you got to do the work. Like, don't you don't get access to your phone. You can't escape into social media. You can't mm-hmm. distract yourself. You have to stay present. That was actually the tough part for me. I was worried about what this, you know, plant medicine experience would be like, but it was the actually sitting with my own thoughts and not just being busy, which I'm very good at being busy, Man, that was a tough ride for me. So, like, for me, that was the work. I would assume it would be different things for different so,
1: people. So, uh, so maybe walk us through the ceremony and the maybe if you could talk about the highs or lows. Like, what are you know? Was there yep. a breakthrough during one of the ceremonies, or is it other breakthroughs happening after, or whatever? Like, give us a little sense of the uh, the you know your journey um, and and share with us a couple of those sort of highlights or low, low points.
0: Oh, great question. And it it, it it it's all of those things that you said. There it's hard to well, draw you can't, any I mean, Sometimes around breakthroughs it. require
1: a low point to to create the breakthrough. Right. If you think of, Often. you know, sometimes <laughs> you gotta hit rock bottom to be able to break through to C B enlightenment. So so you know, I believe that all breakthroughs have that moment that really when you kind of like really see yourself for what it is, then you're able to see the change that you want to have. So did that happen in your experience?
0: It, it did but I wouldn't call it a low po- well okay let, I'll yeah, walk you through because yeah, there, there were some parts that, I, that there were some parts that some parts I could have avoided and would be okay with there was there was never a rock bottom but there were some moments that were like this is not super fun right now I wish I was doing something else so anyway it's 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 Friday to Wednesday is, is the experience that I had you do two ceremonies the first one is on Friday night the second one is on Monday night and so you arrive around four in the afternoon on a Friday, and you—you you know there was myself, a good the friend of mine who had introduced me to it. He came to do a follow up session, so he was there. So there was a comfort level of having someone I knew there, one of my best buddies. And there was another gentleman um, from Edmonton who had a uh, really interesting an older gentleman in his mid to late fifties, Colombian background, had spent his whole life like never doing drugs, never no alcohol, no drugs, but always open and very like had done 10 day silent retreats, had done ayahuasca a dozen times. So I had a very interesting perspective on his journey of just pure enlightenment was what he was after. So everyone in the room had something different. We all meet, you meet with your, with the facilitator who's going to be doing the ceremony that night and you go, okay, these are my intentions. And they said, okay, with a bogey, you need to be really specific. So it's like, how can I, or what is like, what is the root of my psoriasis or how can I feel more settled in my life? Like those were two of my, my questions. And they said, so ask, like be very, very specific. You need a Boga will always give you a simple answer. So you need to point it like not a yes, no, but almost that type of a question, like really, really simple. It's, they said, it's not complex and it's, it's not, you don't have to interpret it. It'll be very clear what the answer is, which that really, you know, ties in later in the story. So you have quiet time between seven and nine where you basically just kind of let rest, line the bed, think about what's going to happen. They give you a little bit of a, of a precursor, but for the most part, you're like, okay, we're we're doing this. Nine o'clock, you do a fire circle, which I'll be honest, would probably would have been more cool if we were in the jungle in Africa and we we're sitting around a fire. But one thing I will give huge props to um, these two women, the two facilitators, uh, Adele and Sherry, they held incredibly true to ceremony. Like this is a ceremony and it's a ritualistic and they stuck to the process. And I really, really respected that you know it wasn't westernized it wasn't like oh this is how we do it here it's like no this is how we do it in the village and this is how you're going to do it so you sit around um, with your with the three other gentlemen that were doing it and the two facilitators there's a candle on a on a table and they kind of prophesize a little bit about what their experiences was and what you might encounter and how to approach it and at this point you start taking the medicine which i, I won't be i won't i won't pull any punches here if you imagine you took a handful of cinnamon or like a, a tablespoon of cinnamon Put it in your mouth. I don't mean flavor. I mean powder, like in your mouth. And then with a little bit of water, you swallow it. Because this is a ground up root, right? So this is not enjoyable. This is not like a shake. This isn't, it's not vanilla flavored. It's none of those things. It, you take the medicine and they, they give you the serving. They, they identify how much you need through their connection to the whole process. And so you take some medicine and then you talk a little bit more and then you take some more medicine and then they ask you how you're doing. And at this point, you're starting to feel it. And for anyone who's done any type of drugs or psychedelics, there's a point where all of a sudden you're like, "Ooh, okay," like, and then all of a sudden it feels like it's like pulsing through your veins. Like, it's not a bad feeling, but it's like, "Ooh, like I'm like I'm feeling it." And they're they're like, okay, "How are you doing?" Like, "Where's everybody at?" And they're kind of gauging. It's a very very communicative and very open dialogue. And <clears throat> at this point, like, I'll, I'll be blind. I'm getting super high. I'm like, "We're you Ooh, getting okay, scared because like, sometimes <laughs> when."
1: Like you don't know when it's gonna stop. Like where's the is it gonna continue? Like are you kind of like, oh, am I in the <laughs> how, top of the how world? high yeah, is yeah. the roller
0: coaster? Thank you for exactly at that point. I'm like, how high is this roller coaster yeah. gonna go? Like because you know, again, again, I've been exposed to to psychedelics in the past there's usually a place where you're like, okay, if it stops right here, I'm good. But I'm like, going. I feel stopping. I feel, I think we're still cranking it up, turn it up to 11. And so there's a point where I'm like, whoo! I am like, okay, I'm super high, but it's not bad. Like it's not uncomfortable. It's not scary. There's it's more the at unknown. no point in this whole experience. Absolutely. Cause my nerve also my mentally had never done it before, but my nervous system had never experienced this before. So there's like a series of just like, Whoa, what is happening here? This is a new sensation. I want to really be clear for anyone listening. Cause this is a question I've had multiple, like from any, almost everyone I've talked to at no point did I feel out of control to no point. Did I feel like, Oh my God, I'm not myself. And I don't know what's happening. Oh, okay. Like there was no fear hundred percent. There was zero fear. There was zero. Like if you just sat in focus, you're like, okay, like I know I'm on something, but I feel okay. Like there was like, I didn't have any anxiety except like how high was this going to go? <laughs> just the sense of unknown and known that that's a reality. And so that we did, there's one more little, they gave you one more little dose, which if it was my choice, I'd been like, you know what? I'm good. But I, but I'm like, man, I've come this far. I'm, I'm going like, we're going on this journey. Like I want to, I want to go and I want to go to the Iboga universe. I don't know what it is, but I'm super curious about it. They said, okay. Then they have mattresses set up on the floor that are like 10 feet apart. It's a big basement and in, in a house down in South Calgary. It's super convenient to be able to do it here in town. Really com- They create a really comfortable kind of cozy environment. You feel very safe, which is, which is obviously key to anything like that. That was never even a thought. Like, oh, do I feel vulnerable? Is anything going to happen? No, I never thought that. I lay down on the, on, the, on the mattress and you put an eye mask on, which is relevant later on in the story. And you put a blanket over and you've got a hoodie on. And then all of a sudden, I get this insight just like, wham, out of nowhere. It's like, hey, it's okay. You've lived up to your dad's expectations. Like, you're good. You don't have to carry that around anymore. I was like, that wasn't on my mind. That wasn't a question that I had to ask. I have a great relationship with my dad, like, but growing up with, uh, in hindsight, now unpacking it, I grew up on a farm in an environment where I spent a lot of time working with my dad. And this was an environment where your ability to work and do a good job, whether it's piling wood or driving a tractor, really kind of gauged your worth. And certainly that's how I interpret it. And the better you do, the more you're part of this circle of men that work on the farm and do this thing. So that, that came to me, like hit me out of the blue, wasn't even on my mind, didn't even think it was a thing. Then all of a sudden I started getting these visions, like very clear, it's a very visual drug for me anyways, not for everyone, but for me it was. Visions of these, these stoic men standing at the side of a field. And it was like a portrait, but it was kind of like a movie. But none of it was scary. It was more just like, huh, that's interesting. That happened in the first like 10 minutes. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh wow, this is the root of everything. Like this is like, I've been carrying like this unsettled, this angst, this like, ah, it's just not good enough, never enough, never good enough. All of a sudden, it's like, well, yeah, but you've lived up to it, so you're okay. You can you can let go of that. You don't need to hold that anymore. Like it served you, and it no longer is serving you. And that was in the first five minute experience of like, like I could have left then, and it would have been a successful night. But to be clear, there's no leaving. You're on the ride now. So there's no off. It's ramp. like eleven or twelve at night. No, 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 no. You never say I wish I didn't or I wanted to stop. Like here, but but it was never scary like that. So you're just kind of you're just tripping out a little bit inside your own inside your own mind, seeing visions and like seeing geometric shapes, and it was a bit noisy. And you're just kind of figure out what's. And they're playing this really, I would say, kind of annoying, very high tempo, twangy African music in the background, which it's almost like you can see the music. It's like it's almost agitates you. The first night I had lots of moments of wanting to throw the speaker through the wall because you just get focused in on these most random things. So the cool experience came. Uh, that was also amazing. So about an hour in. the the facilitator comes over and says, okay, Tyler, we're going to take you through your questions. So they, now they said, okay. And this part was so interesting. I loved it uh, and how it worked. They said, okay, you know, can you, you know, where are you now? I said, Oh, I'm just nowhere. They said, okay, go to the front door of your house. Can you see it? And I'm like, I'm at the front door of my house. The trees are moving. Like it is such a clear, crisp visual. It was amazing. Like the ability for them to kind of make suggestions and have it kind of facilitate. They said, okay, go inside your house. I said, okay. And they said, what time is it? I said, well, or they went. Is it dark as light? I said? No, it's nighttime. It, like for me, it was almost in real time. And they said, find yourself. So I go up to my bedroom and there I am sleeping in my bed. And it's clear as you and I looking at each other right now. I know this is audio, but you and I have video. And they said, okay, well, wake yourself up and say hello. And hello, Tyler. And it's me in real time. Like I'm seeing myself as I would imagine. I look now my vision of myself. And they said, okay, um, ask if you can ask yourself some questions. And they're like, oh, he, and I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like very nonchalant, very like, and this is where my brain was trying to analyze a little bit. Like I was playing the, I was in the moment, but I'm like, is this just me facilitating this or is this actually happening? Like it's a very blurry line of reality versus what I'm hallucinating at this point. Like, dude, it's super trippy. But the psychological impact of talking to yourself is mind blowing, man. Oh my God. It's like (laughs) the metaverse or what it's called. Like the. Exactly. Yes. That, the feature that was out today about, um, Uh, what's his name? Zuckerberg talking to his, uh, his avatar in the metaverse. That's the photo. I posted that there on LinkedIn. It's funny you mentioned that. I was like, is this the future of work remote? Is this what we're doing? So it was actually like that. That's a really good comparison. And it was very real. And they said, okay, you start. And then, so you ask yourself the questions that you'd written out, then you answer the questions and you do it and you verbalize it because they've got their, your phone beside you and they've got the audio on. So you're actually, Asking the question and then you're repeating what you answered you out loud so that it's recorded on your phone so you can reference it after. That was an incredibly powerful experience. It was about fifteen or twenty minutes. What was the first question question you asked yourself? um, How can I be more connected? How can I how can I feel more settled in who I am? And it was like, well, it's the insight about your dad. Like, it's okay. You can just be who you are because it's enough. Like, that's it. It's as simple as that. And and it was you're you're enough. And I'm like, huh. And this is what I I'm really glad they gave the pre because I want I want complicated answers, Scott. I want to get I want to have to write it out. I want to build a diagram because if it's complicated, it must be more valuable. What I learned through Aboga was no, that's not the case. That the simplicity of it and that actually just what it is is the insight and is the value. And that was an interesting psychology for me of just like accept the simple at at at, at its truth. Don't have to build a, a. It doesn't have to be a. It's not a Rubik's cube. Mm, interesting. <laughs> And then, you know, my psoriasis, and they said, well, that's, and they just came back and they said, well, yeah, that's your body facilitating this, this sense of angst that you're never good enough. And it's showing up in just, it's boiling out through your skin, which is that's, it's this dry, rashy stuff. They go like, now that you've settled that, you're good. Like it's healed. It just needs some time to work its way through your body. It's like, it was very peaceful and it was very, you didn't like, have I an argument about yourself. my nutrition. I did not. No, I was, <laughs> I was very amicable. Absolutely. I played, I played, I played very, very nicely with myself did you use any NLP on yourself? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's all that. It was a little bit of NLP. It was a little bit of mindscape. It was like all the things that I'd done over the years kind of came into play. What I had to be careful though, there became this little bit of a noisy, like there's the me just having the experience and you know, they would say that you're talking to your soul. That's, that's what you're doing. That's, that's what a boga allows you to do. But there's part of my brain going, Hmm, I've done my research on psychedelics. I recognize that on, a, uh, on psychedelics in an MRI machine, the, 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 the default mode network of your brain shuts down, which allows abstract areas of your brain to connect. So I'm like, is that what's happening? Or am I actually talking to my soul? Oh, so so you're there was all these like layers chatter. of dialogue going you're on. You're having
1: a chatter that I was. was kind of getting in the way of the experience a little bit. Or maybe that was part of the experience in the sense where it's like you recognizing that was almost like uh, almost defragging that thinking.
0: You know what, 100%. And because when I'm doing that, I'm not being in the moment either, right? Like, cause I'm, that's the argument, is you're kind of robbing yourself. But I've always been like, oh, well, what's the other side well, of it? What's you But know, that, that makes that, sense, that, though. That, doesn't some, anybody that with logic,
1: is, you're questioning, you're trying to use your questioning mind to go, is this real? This seems so, like, that. just that question is like, because if you're just so accepting, then, you know, I don't feel like I have sovereignty over my
0: mind. I, I feel like I need to question <laughs> things, right? So I was doing that the whole, the whole time, but it didn't rob okay. the experience. And so that we do that. You do a scan, you go inside your body, you check your liver, you kind of move all through. It's, it's a really you know, like honey, I shrunk the kids kind of thing. It was very interesting. Minute, you it just was so over visceral that. so like, the next part was like, you're yeah, going yeah. <laughs> inside your body and then checking out stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a scan. Go inside your intestines. What do you see? Is everything good in there? Does it look healthy? Do you see any issues? And and I went through my body. I'm like, no, physically everything's fine. And they go, go into your brain, go into your pituitary gland. Like they are really good at directing you and kind of guiding you and guiding you through the what experience. What if you found something that but wasn't yeah, sorry, good. sorry. Well, then you either heal it or you can identify it. I didn't. So I don't know. I can't say that. But for someone who's going there for medical reasons, I imagine it might be a different experience for them. Oh, really? So right. have you
1: asked people like about afterwards or prior that if somebody found something like that, were they able to heal, identify or
0: find something that they never saw before? I, I, you know what? I didn't ask that question because the other two gentlemen were there that it wasn't, it wasn't a physical thing for them. It was both a mental and a spiritual journey for mine, the physical, but the physical showed up right away of like, this isn't really physical. It's just showing up in a physical way. So you're okay. You can get, you can get over this now. Like you can, you're, you're, you're free to move on. That was kind of the, the message for a lot of this stuff. And so we did that about 15, 20 minutes and they're like, okay, this is, this part was super fun. They're like, Hey, go outside okay, fine. Can you see the moon? And I was like, Oh, I have to look. This is the logical me. I'm like, no, no, I have to look around my house. Cause I know the moon's on the backside. Cause I'm at the front door and, and they're like, okay, well fly up to the moon. I'm like, okay. They're like, look down. What do you see? I'm like, well, oh, I see the earth getting smaller. And like, it's very visual and it's very like, kind of like things you've seen in movies, but yet you feel like you're in it. And it was so interesting and it was really fun. Like none of this was scary. None of this Hold was like, freaking wait, out. What was the easy? point of going to the moon? Just to show Oh well, oh, well, wait, well, wait, no, no, you get to the moon. They're like, okay, you're on the moon. Say hello to, say hello to Mr. Moon. And you say, hello, Mr. Moon. And then this voice comes back like, well, hello, nice to see you. And it was so animated. It was like, I was in a cartoon, but yet they're like, reach down and grab the soil. What do you feel? And it's like, it was very visceral. Like they really plant you on the moon. And they said, now they're on the moon. Do you want to call in anyone from your life? And I said, absolutely. I had a very close friend of mine who just died as of a heart attack about two months ago. And in our modern era, you don't get to go to a funeral. You don't get to like. There's no closure. So intellectually, I knew he'd passed away, but in my heart, I still miss him and want to reach out and call him. So I called him. I, 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 his name is Andrew. I said, Andrew, I'd like to chat with Andrew. And he just kind of showed up, just kind of materialized. Didn't really say much. He was just kind of, kind of more like I said, I love you. He said, I love you back. We kind of hugged, and then he just kind of went away. And like, I felt a huge sense of closure after that. And mm-hmm. that was like, it was it, I'm. It was light but heavy at the same time. Like it wasn't. I wasn't sad about it. It was just, it happened and it had a lot of impact. And the next two were the most really interesting. I, I would say, well, I'm gonna talk to, my, I wanna talk to my grandparents. So my grandfather showed up and he didn't say anything. And it was my grandfather had both his knees amputated in his late 60s, early 70s due to poor circulation and complications from like diabetes related issues. And he like came back strong, had a walker, had fake legs. Like, I saw this vision of this guy that just never gave up. And that was what I took from it. But when I called my grandmother in, and this was, this was the best. And you ask them, he's like, is there any, do you have any advice for me to my life? And my grandfather's advice was more like, it was just the example of like persevere. Like there's nothing you can't get through. So like, don't just, just keep doing what you do kind of thing. But my grandmother, she said, and I had been wrestling with a a behavior that I noticed as called triangulation or pairing and, or gossiping, if you want to call it that. Being a CEO, or being a leader, sometimes you want to know what's going on. So you reach out to somebody and say, Hey, what's going on over here? Hey, what's going on over here? And sometimes it leads to talking about other people. And I've been doing like again, just becoming aware of like even though I think I have good intentions, it's a toxic behavior. I need to stop doing it. And I had no idea where it really came from because it always kind of ended up then just talking about someone else, which is so unhealthy, and it creates a culture of you can't trust, you can't trust each other. So I asked my grandmother, "What can I do? Uh, and do you have any advice?" She goes, "Don't believe the, don't believe all the gossip you hear, especially if you hear it from me." And all of a sudden, it hit me. I was the first grandchild, and my grandparents had a house on the corner of my parents' farm, and that was the first place I could go on my own when I was like five or six. I could walk over there and I used to spend hours and hours sitting at the kitchen table with my grandmother gossiping about everything that's going on because my grandmother was like, loved to live in a small town and knew everything about everybody. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh shit. Like that's where I picked that up from. That's where I picked up that sense of connection. Cause I used to spend hours and hours with my grandmother and gossiping about everything that was going on in town and like talking about this person and that person. Cause that's just what well, she Well, that did. was your form of connection. And all of a sudden a I deep, got this
1: clarity. Does that was, so that was Completely. when you, when you're describing it, <clears throat> it's not because you wanted to gossip. It's because you wanted the
0: connection completely. Cause I'm six or seven years old at the time. And that's how I connected yeah. with my grandmother mm-hmm. and it's so interesting. And I laughed out loud and, and, the, and the facilitator, she was still there and she said, well, what was, was that like, I said, Oh my God, like I one, I had no idea, but two, that's exactly what my grandmother would say after she passed away. Not before. Cause she was never, she just was who she was. No apologies. That's the way she lived her life and i had a really good connection with my grandmother i did my grandmother's eulogy in a small town 300 people in a small church so having her say that to me had a huge impact and you're right it wasn't about speaking ill of someone or doing it to be evil or to be bad it was just to create connection and that became so clear out of nowhere and you know so those are the kind of things that happened in that journey for me and there's lots of other little nuances and then some fun things happen so the facilitator says okay Okay, we're done. Now you can do whatever you want. You can travel anywhere. Go see the pyramids. Go anywhere. It's like, okay. But at this time, it's probably two or three in the morning. I have no connection to time at this point. So you're kind of mentally fatigued. So you try to check out mentally and just like, okay, I want to rest. Like that place in your brain that goes to sleep doesn't exist when you're on a boga. There is no sleep for me optional at all. So I couldn't sleep even if I wanted to. And so I start to like just try to rest. And my brain got into these like busy kind of like loops like, oh, you have to move the plate to the counter. Oh, but I can't because I don't know why. And it was these weird, almost negative, frustrating loops. But every time you took a breath, they would pass. So I got into this cycle for a bit. And then all of a sudden, I started hallucinating at a whole new level. Well, I'm lying there with a blackout eye mask on. And all of a sudden, I'm like, huh, I'm in a basement that has a white ceiling and a, and a dark colored wall. And I can see the line. Or I, I think I can see the line where the two meet because I'm facing that way. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I lift up my eye mask. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, shit. That's the then all of a sudden the room starts to materialize in front of me while I have the eye mask on. I put my hand in front of my face and I can see my hand. Like I'm hallucinating, but to a level of clarity that it's like I'm seeing, but I know I'm Some not. VR, Cause I know my eyes are closed and like, covered hundred percent. When you step outside the guardian and the VR gets all weird and you can see like the room, but it's all abstract. It's exactly what I was experiencing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I've got my phone in my hand and I'm doing my emails my phone is upstairs turned off. Like I don't have my phone and it's just more clear than my phone. And all of a sudden I'm petting my dog, but my dog is not there. Like it was, and it was really fun and kind of playful. I would have been more impressed if you sent me an email. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I don't know who I emailed. Been, that would have been I'm doing work rails. and I'm solving. And
1: by the way, the follow-up of this is I received his text at three Oh two. a.m. <laughs> yeah.
0: When I didn't have my phone with me. So it was very playful, really fun. I felt like I got huge, you know, then around f- four in the morning, and I, I want to be really honest with people, I did have some purging, which is I got up, they, they told me right away, they said, Tyler, Aboga doesn't like quick, like fast movements. You'll feel like you're seasick. So of course I'm a quick, fast moving person. So, you know, I, of course I did, I disregard the warning label as I often do jump up to go to the bathroom and they're like, Whoa, slow down. All of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, I feels I feel seasick. So I threw up a couple times, um, but you haven't eaten or hadn't drank any water for like hours and hours. since it's like three in the afternoon. So it's 12 hours later. So it's just a little bit of dry heaves. It actually made you like after I was like, Oh, I feel better now. So I had that happen to me a couple times because around six in the morning, they take you upstairs to like lie down and just chill out in your, in your bed, but you're not sleeping to be clear. Um, I threw up again, but again, it was very benign and very not like, not what I've heard about a boga where it's like you throw up and diarrhea and it's like this explosive violent experience. Like that's not what it was at all for me. Is Nobody that likes being sick, or, or but it was something okay.
1: else. That's, um,
0: is that, well, it's a combination of DMT because a boga is, uh, sorry. Ayahuasca is DMT and, um, and, uh, another medicine that I, another plant that's designed to, dr- to, to make the DMT last longer. I'm not sure which causes the violent, uh, kind of vomiting. Like what I've heard, it's just like an explosive, like almost like food poisoning. Like your body is like both ends out where a boga. I didn't have a violent experience like that. I had more of a, like, Oh, I feel seasick. Oh, after you throw up, mm-hmm. then you feel fine. So that was my experience around it. And it was only throwing up nothing on the other direction, which I know from uh, friends who've done ayahuasca can be violent in both ways. Mm. <laughs> And We'll just leave it, you know, fetch me. You're supposed to wear white to the ceremony, but I know some people that wear dark colored clothes for a reason. <laughs> um, go to, go to, go to to quote unquote, you lie down and around 10 in the morning, they kind of bring you a big fruit bowl and kind of let you. And so at this point, you're still seeing kind of vapor trails everywhere. Your brain's still cycling through the insights that you had. And then, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to get up and go downstairs just because I need to change the scenery. And like, I was like, woo, I do not feel awesome. Like I feel kind of hung over. I feel kind of queasy, like not sick to my stomach, but like I literally laid on the couch I couldn't hardly eat. Like I felt like a bag of garbage all day on the Saturday. Like it wasn't like a, it wasn't terrible. I knew I wasn't sick, but I knew I wasn't great. So it definitely knocked me on my on my butt. Like it drained me. It took a lot. It took a lot out of me. So my Saturday was pretty rough. The ho- the the hostesses were their hosts were amazing. They like, do you want bone broth soup? Do you want like some juice, some tea? Like they were really there to to serve and to take care of you, which is kind of what they shared is like that's our role in this is to also give you the time that you don't have to worry about anything. It's taken care of for you. So you can just focus on assimilating what you've learned and what you've experienced. I go to bed Saturday night, 10, maybe nine 30, 10 o'clock. I finally fall asleep. I woke up Sunday, like, let's go climb a mountain. Like I was like Superman, man. I felt like a million bucks, six in the morning. I'm up showered, like let's take on the world. Uh, most amazing. Like, you know, after you're sick and you come out of it and you're like, man, the things I'm going to do now that I feel better, that was my next day. I felt like, like, so it's <laughs> Sunday now. And I'm thinking, and I'll be candid, I told them I was going to talk about this because it's two ceremonies. You need to do two in the five days. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I, I, I got what I wanted. Like, I think, I'm, I think I'm going to leave. I don't need to do my second ceremony. Like, I'm totally fine. Thinking I'm kind of super unique butterfly, you know? And then I talked to one of the facilitators. She's like, well, just so you know, majority of people have the same feeling, <laughs> but it's two ceremonies for a reason. And, you know, you need to stick with it. And I was really torn, Scott. I was like... I had an amazing experience. You wanted to leave on it a was good intense. note, on a high note. I did. I totally did. I'm like, I, do, I can go. I can go. I can leave now and like be forever yeah. satisfied. But there's also part of me that like quitting something halfway through is just not my mo. That's like it's not on brand for how I want to be, and I want to be able to come out of this and share stories with people like you that are curious, that want to know about it, and I don't want to be the guy like, well, normally it's two, but I just half-assed it and did one. So I agreed to stay. And that Sunday all day and that Monday all day were the hardest part for me of just kind of waiting for the Monday night to do it again. And just being like, didn't have my phone, which was, which was fine. They were like, you could communicate with people like in your life. I communicate with my wife and, but they're like, please do not get sucked into social media. Don't go on Instagram. Like, don't give your brain an out, stick with it. And I don't know if it was like, I didn't feel what I was processing was hard, but just being in one place and not being busy Tyler Man, it was, it was torture, man. I, I, I struggled hard with it and that was not what I thought I was going to struggle with. So
1: just the um, being with your own thoughts as opposed to thinking about all the, were you thinking about all the work and things you needed to do or were you just I, I, like, where were you?
0: A little bit, that it, had that it, that it settled out. I was there. I was just in this house being like, why am I in this house? I don't really want to be in this house okay, like, so let's write out some insights. Let's think about, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my next experience. What am I going to, what am I looking for now that I've got a lot of these questions answered? So, so? they don't want to I tried input. to channel like, it. You couldn't
1: read a book or anything. It's just like total.
0: No, they, 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 you could do anything, but they really discouraged it. They're like, stick with your thoughts. They're like, we can't stop you. Obviously you're an adult. You can mm-hmm. do what you want, but to get the most out of the experience, here's the formula. And I, again, I appreciate that they put the effort and time into the ritual that they've created or sorry that they've facilitated because it is a. Uh, it's a thousands of year old ritual of way of doing it. And uh, so I said, no, I'm going to toe the line. And it was tough though. Like I, I, I struggled, like, mm-hmm. no question. Just to, just to be there and sit there and stare out the window, whew,
1: man, that was a hard time. I had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. So did you, in that time, did you write stuff down and have some insights? Or were you like, it was it just sort of that rodeo of waiting to get to the next ceremony. <laughs>
0: A little bit of both. Of course, I listened to the audio. I went back and rewrote oh, yeah. all the questions What's that I'd you asked. listened to your I re- audio. Rewrote all the answers.
1: Were you kind of tripping out, or were you kind of like, "Oh, okay." Was- it what
0: what what I thought what I thought what I remembered I said was not exactly how I said it. Like it was really interesting how valuable our memories are and how they are skewed and influenced by all the things that our brain does to, when they recall the memory. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this was, I, I, I kind of wrote out the questions and I wrote out most of the answers because I was so sure I knew them. Then when I listened to the audio, I'm like, oh, that's not the exact words I used. I need to be more deliberate. So it was really interesting. And it, it was it was kind of like observing yourself from a distance, even listening to the audio. Because even the way I sounded different, like it was really interesting. Hmm. But it was it was very valuable. Like from a tactical perspective, I'm really glad they did it that way. I thought that, that was huge value.
1: They didn't have recordings back in ancient uh, Africa when they came out. So this must be a modern innovation to the ceremony.
0: Yes, I, I, think, I think they've adapted, which I, which I appreciate. Everyone reserves the right to evolve, to take advantage of, uh, you know, how do we make this better? And then I started working on my second my second evening. And they said, you know, the second evening is very different. It's, you, you know what to expect. Your body, you don't need as much medicine because the medicine stays in your body. Uh, the way they, and I, I haven't really dove down the science of this, but uh, Iboga is an alkaloid. And the way it does, it, it gets assimilated through the liver, it deposits and stays in the fat stores in your body. So it primarily deposits in the fat stores in your brain. So you have, like they said, if you don't do any other psychedelics or any other drugs, and they said even prescription drugs for like, it can stay in your system up to three months. And they said, that's a positive because you can continue to have insights and the iboga continues to play its part in its kind of the symbiotic relationship with you going forward. And so I've stayed away from microdosing. I've stayed away from absolutely anything, maybe a couple of cocktails here and there, but otherwise, and three weeks later, in about three weeks in a bit, I'm continuing to get more clarity on it. So, so far, uh, they're, they're, what they shared with that has is, is been 100% true. So let's talk about going so on to this, the on this, ceremony. Uh, yeah. So I set some new intentions where it's a little more like, I'd like to meet my guides. I'd like to, there's a theory in, in ayahuasca that, you know, or, or then in, in, in shamanic healing, that we all have a primary wound. And a primary wound can be anything from like, like pre-birth in in like, you know, in Euro, all the way through to kind of seven or eight years old. So I was like, what is my primary wound? And so I kind of tried to take a very different approach because I'd had a lot of my questions answered. So again, the second evening, uh, the second ceremony starts very similar. The second ceremony for me was like ceremony light compared to the first one. I had some very interesting insights, you know, meet my guides. It was this vision of this like indigenous Aboriginal woman wearing long robes, walking out of the sun, basically just saying like, whenever you're truly yourself and you're settled, You have access to us all the time. You just have to ask. It was a very peaceful experience. Um, I got to. I asked. I asked to meet my soul. So I got this vision of myself. This shimmering, weird. It was me, but it wasn't me. And like again, it was very visual, but very like cartoon-esque. So it was kind of fun and playful. The second ceremony. Um, The one thing that really was super trippy. Again, did you have any interaction? I did. I did. I did. Like, how can I? I like, can I meet my guides? And how do I have more access to them? Like, how do I have more access to this? I'd like to meet my soul. So it was a little bit more pointed down a different down a different road <clears throat> than more of the how can I's from the from the first one I asked about. What about nutrition? What about fitness? What about business? Is like should I keep doing more of the podcast? So I got very like almost transactional when it came to like they're like ask questions about your life. Like don't be shy to like be bold about things that are going on. So I asked a lot of those things. And again, a lot of them were very simplistic. Some of them were almost gut, like validating what my gut was already telling me in terms of some things. So that's where I wrestled with like, how much is this me just accessing portals of my own brain versus me accessing something bigger? But one of the things I asked, I said, they said, you know, on your second ceremony, you should ask to see a boga, to see what a boga looks like. So I'm like, okay. So that was one of my questions. I like to see a boga. I said I like so about halfway through, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, let's see a boga I saw almost like this weird plant it was this weird like series of vines that was just kind of moving <clears throat> I couldn't figure out if I was seeing a boga or just hallucinating like weird weird shapes and geometric movements until the next day mm. so it's now it's now Tuesday. I don't feel nearly as bad as I did the first Saturday like I feel like I'm still awake I feel like I haven't slept for two days but other than that I, I kind of feel I feel fine processing things it was way less like like wow factor and more just like, okay, cool. That was a nice experience. Um, The other gentleman, because there's only two of us there at the time. Somebody says, oh, did anybody ask to see a boga? So I'm kind of just playing. I'm just, I didn't say anything. I'm just kind of playing it, playing it, playing it silent here for a minute. The other gentleman starts describing what he saw. And it was exactly what I saw, like to a T. I was like, shut the front door. I'm like, are you you kidding me, man? Like, and at this point I'm kind of like, you know, this is the question of like mind versus brain versus soul versus self, and like the question we've been answering. I think science yeah, has been answering. So, it, at the so of in time. that
1: case, it, it tripped a wire because you're going. It wasn't something I creatively conjured. It's something we both ex- we both saw at the same time. There was time. there was
0: a shared experience of the shared vision, and he described it perfectly to what I saw. And that's when I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. And, and not that I have anything against something going on here, but my, my logical brain, back to your comments earlier, is still processing, processing. So I'll put some science on this and see what it is. And, and it was so, that was the moment I was like, whoa, okay. All right. Something that was like, that was like, I saw the same thing. Like I just blurted it out because <laughs> that just blew me away of like, well, you can keep asking the question if you want, but there's a pretty solid proof point that like someone else can judge it from the outside. That was my experience. 100%. Mm.
1: Wow, very cool. So you're, so now you have this sort of a trip. A little tripwire happened where you're kind of like having this shared experience. What did that lead you towards now? Like, what was because it's it clearly sounds like you're on the other side of the roller coaster. How is it that you're having
0: more insights after? I'm I'm a I'm a verbal thinker. Anyone who knows me knows if you want to know what I'm thinking or like help me to think. Let's talk about it. So through the last three three weeks, um, I've had a lot of conversation with close friends that are like. Tell me, tell me, like, what is it? And I've kind of walked through very similar to what I'm doing with you right now. And even talking it out loud, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I never really connected that. I never really, even you saying today, the, hey, it wasn't about gossiping about someone. It was actually, that's your way of getting connection. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You put a finer point on it than I had even before. Like, I I got it. I understood where it came from, but I hadn't even run it through to like, actually... As long as I find a way to make connection that's not that, I'll be okay. So that was an insight I had even today when you said that. I was like, oh shit, Scott, you're totally right. Because I'm so close to it. I sometimes can't see the forest for the trees. So talking it out and just like that right there, I'm going to walk away going, every time I feel like doing that, it's because I'm just... Wanting to get connection, so have something else to insert that creates connection that isn't that. That's a new takeaway that I've got from you saying that. So thank you. I hadn't I hadn't filed it down to an action item that clearly I would still was focusing on. At least I understand the why. I hadn't got to the next thing of like why do I you know kind of how am I going to fill that need. So that's what's been happening to me nonstop for the past three weeks.
1: Interesting. And, and by the way, the the connection that's one of the top that's one of uh, uh, one of the top human needs, right? Like you know, growth, certainty, connection. uncertainty, uh, love, and connection. Um, and significance, right? Uh, with not Tony being, Robbins. not, not so,
0: why, why we don't want to be thrown out of the village, right? Because that meant death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. So, uh so now you're, you're, you're. They said it's gonna. Are you done? This like, can you walk us to the very end? You're not quite done yet. You're. Yeah. Well, so
0: yet. now I have to stay there because you, they they said you can't leave until you at least have a good six seven hours sleep because we can't send yeah. you out into the world because it's still and you can see it. There's you're shimmers. Kind of a little bit, hundred percent. Yeah. And at night, when the light gets dim, and you get like you get weird vapor trails, like the room is moving, like that happened to me kind of four or five nights afterwards. I was at dog class with my dog on Wednesday night, so I go home on Wednesday morning, talk to a few friends, take a pretty key, low key on Wednesday, go to dog school uh, with with my puppy on Wednesday night. We're out at in River Park. And there's some streetlights and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, like there's shimmers going on all around me. Like, I'm like, it wasn't scary, but it was like, okay, clearly a bogus still in my system. <laughs> well, that explains why you're like, Hey, I'm not ready to do this interview just yet. Completely. Scott and I were scheduled to do it the Saturday after the Wednesday that I left. And I, and I messaged him as like, Hey, thanks, man. But I'm just, I'm not ready to have this conversation. Like it hadn't, I hadn't processed it yet. Like it's not a one and done for me. That was just like, and again, if you read the world of psychedelics and kind of more shamanic experiences where people go and do macro, like as, as people I know refer to it, hero's doses of, of psilocybin, some mushrooms or LSD, it's the assimilation and integration into your life afterwards, whether that's ayahuasca or a boga. I think that's universally true. If you go back to your life and just stop being aware of the insights or don't put them into practice or daily affirmations of like, I am this and I believe that and this is who I am and this is what my life is, I think it's really easy to not capitalize and get the value out of it. Back to, you got to do the work. So I've wrote out daily affirmations that I read to myself every day. Like, again, this is common to so many coaching and kind of behavioral change models. I just used it based on the insights that I got. Like my joke, if anyone asks, this is like biohacking your mind and your soul in five days, what would take five years of talk therapy? So that's how I'm kind of short, like shorthanding this for my friends in the biohacking community. I'm like, you can biohack your beliefs and your mind and where your beliefs came from in five days versus five years. They're like, okay, I'm in, where do I sign up for that? So there is, and I'm not saying it's easy or it's a shortcut, but man, it you get insights that I have not even stumbled upon in my 20 years of 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 of, <laughs> of digging around <laughs> to see what I could so find. So what, what I, an insight, I just feel
1: like, I, tell me if this is true. This is my observation. What you're describing is a transition time. Like after you've done this experience, to get back into the back into where you are I feel like there needs to be this reflection time when you have these like you're moving and you're moving through this experience so so, is that what are you in that reflection now?
0: Are you still transitioning or is that I, over? Uh, I would say, like, I took the rest of the week, kept it really low key, didn't really re engage, yeah. like, purposely didn't book the meeting right after vacation, which I've made that mistake so many times before. Like, oh, sure, I'll get home at five. We'll meet, we'll meet at seven. I do it like, all the time. I've, I've stopped doing that. I stopped now. doing I'd it. like to say, yeah. at this, at my, as, <laughs> as you get older, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to learn a few things along the journey. So, uh, I would say that was about four or five, three four days afterwards where it was very pronounced. But when as I've got back into my life with a little bit more, being a little bit more gentle on myself, being a little bit more like that, you know, you've lived up to those expectations. Like just whenever I catch my brain getting to any kind of a cycle, I just reaffirm it. And the last three four weeks has been great, been in great spirits. I think I I believe again you'd have to you'd have to you know talk to my team and talk to people around me, but you know again something happened the other day. I was with a buddy. We were somewhere. I forgot something that was critical to us being there. And he's like, Oh my God, you must be in such a bad mood. I'm like you know, Ash, man, shit happens. It's okay. No big deal. And I was like, Oh, wow. That's a different response. That's different than like, Oh, now you need to beat yourself up to show that you've adequately punished yourself for, for messing up this thing. And I was like, nah, eh, that's all good. And I was kind of waiting for it to happen later in the day. Like, and I was like, no, it's all good. Like I just re- recalibrated and we did something different and it worked out. And I was like, Ooh, that was tangibly different. Like, so I'm really trying to make a point of noticing when, when different behavior shows up and when old behavior that I no longer see as valuable starts to show up. Can I catch it in time, reaffirm what I've learned and then move on. And that's been a very successful part of my journey the last, last three weeks, three and a half weeks. So that's
1: been one of the benefits. hundred percent. Is there other benefits that you've experienced that are maybe internal and some of them external?
0: Well, my psoriasis is almost hundred percent cleared up. That was my next question. It's dude, it blows my mind, man. I'm dealing with this Seriously? thing for like so, 2007, so it's, like- 7, it's like almost completely clear. Like it's, I would say it's 90% gone. Oh, dude, I, I, my mind is blown. I still catch myself not believing that it's real because I've dealt with this freaking thing since like 07.
1: Hmm. I, 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 I don't even know what to say to that, that's, dude. I mean, dude, me neither. Surprised me though because some of the experiences I've shared with you, yeah, with my wife and and having a heart condition that couldn't be, they couldn't figure out what the problem was, and then he we went to Master Co Energy Healer,
0: and she's never had a problem since. It happens, it, So yeah, right, right. right that's really. Cool. I'm glad you shared that story. I love that. It's so interesting the power and. The what and the why, I don't need to understand. I like, My psoriasis on my legs. It's like almost like a hundred percent cleared up. It's mind blowing.
1: There's people right now listening to this going, okay, this is just bunk. But the, 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 what do you say? Like, it's, it's like. Best
0: part is I don't care because I don't have psoriasis on my legs right now, man. (laughs) That's all my. And I I, I took some photos back (laughs) in the summer, just believing that this was the journey that I was on. And like the before and after is like. They're not, it's not Photoshop, man. It's what it, like, I have no, my only horse in the race is me on this. I don't have to lie about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no exactly. benefit to me telling the story. zero benefit. Well,
1: and that's kind of where I'm at with it too right now, where I'm like, you know, I have a very uh, staunch uh, conservative uh, family that I come from and, and I don't feel the need to convince them or even share with them. It's like, it's, you know, it's just my journey. And I'm like, and that's what okay. I'm seeing it is, is it's okay. It's just either they're not ready for it. Or it's, it's not important to them. It doesn't really much matter. But if you're listening to this, I mean- they're this here just having that experience, maybe that it's going to open the door for doing some investigation. Like what would you say to somebody as maybe they're not ready to take the big leap for um, the journey you just went on, but what could you do? You, Cause you've gone on such a big path and you now you're taken to like, you're sharing a pretty big moment that I haven't even this taken. This is kind of like
0: talking. the top of the mountain right now for me. Yeah. For top me. of the mountain.
1: Yeah. So someone's listening. That's going, okay, you've, you've cracked me open. I trust you, Tyler. I've followed your podcast. What would they, what would you tell them to do to start kind of like really like have see the benefits of starting an experience that doesn't necessarily mean jumping into doing this, this ceremony?
0: Well, such a good question. There's so many, like, you know, obviously there's a million, there's a million books I couldn't even begin to recommend, which one I've read so many over the years. Is but, it a book or is it a way of thinking? Um, Well, good, really good question. It's, 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 it's I would say, well, it's obviously it's a, it's a way of thinking. Books can influence the way of thinking, but obviously that openness that you're driving, that 100% of what's going on in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, is by your hand. And that responsibility, a lot of people, I know I've had that conversation where they're like, well, that's, I don't want to take that on that responsibility. I want it to be externalized, or I want to blame and say, well, my life's going bad because of so-and-so. Absolutely not, it's 100%. Because once you realize you're driving, once you realize that you can make it good or bad, it's always like I joke, I used to work in fitness. It's like, do you know how to, do you know how to gain weight? People are like, oh yeah. I said, well, let's just equally give as much power to knowing how to lose it. And they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I could eat six pizzas and gain weight. I know how to do that. I could I could do that. I'm so skilled at that. So I'm going to throw in a little
1: language attraction. So it, what happens when you lose something? What do you do? You try to find it? So that's one of the, that's, <laughs> it's a subconscious thing. People need to learn to change the word and make it yep. melting weight, remove weight. It's... You took that, that,
0: that's, that's, that's right out of personal power. 101 with Tony Robbins back in the yeah. day, Yeah, it hundred percent. But the, the point being is that once you realize that you're driving and that you've got that control and the ability to influence your own path and starting with your own thoughts and the way you engage with your day and the way you respond to things that show up in the world around you that may not be under your control, but how you respond to them are to me, that's the first. Cause once you've got that, then everything else just becomes insights around how that computer works and what the triggers are. And like, I have a great relationship with my dad. I wouldn't even cross my mind to go look there, but if I think back, you're like, oh, that made sense. Like that was one of those insights that was so profound. Not even on my radar. Not a big trauma. Like I'm very fortunate. I didn't have huge traumas in my life, but the traumas I had were still relevant to my experience. That feeling I wasn't living up to my dad's expectations when I was seven clearly was a trauma for a seven-year-old. That was massive. I don't. I'm not a victim of abuse. I don't. I didn't. You know, go through a lot of things. So I want to be really respectful. Some people can be on a lot bigger journey when, because the gravity of what they went through was more so than what I went through. But seven-year-old me, not feeling he's living up to dad and all these men, these stoic, the farm men that I grew up with, like I'm painting this picture because I can see the vision from my boga. That was a real trauma for me at the time that I've clearly carried with me. I'm like, I'm 48 years old. Why? Really? That's what I'm referencing? But clearly, I was. I get it. Like I, 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 like that's seems. I almost feel silly sharing it because it feels so obvious. But yet, I didn't even know that wasn't on my radar, man. I wasn't even thinking about it.
1: Can I? Can I share an observation again? Please, man, absolutely. Mm. So my observation is is that was a gift. If you think of, it wasn't a trauma. And if we think of these problems as really being showing up as gifts, we just don't know what the outcome is. That gift is what's created massive connection for you with people. That's why you become a leader. The all these this so-called trauma of your dad uh, of of that pressure of like trying to live up has created the work ethic that I know you have. Right. That was the gift. And then <laughs> yes. the insight you gain from this is going that no longer serves me. That got me to here to go to a new level in my life. I don't need to have that. That that gift is it's a it's been fully uh, pr- received. Right.
0: That's a, that would be the way. It's a really nice way to say it. I, I agree. And,
1: and you know what I'd offer for people is a sort of a twist on what you're saying, which is life is happening for you, not to you. And so if you look at it from that perspective, it's like the the negative things that come in your story that you're telling yourself. If you change the story, going this is life happening for me. What's the gift here? What's the insight? What's the what? What can I learn from this? There's a great book um, uh, that my wife is, uh, has quoted to me several times, which is called Existential Kink, which is how can you, it sounds really crazy, um, which is how can you find the good or the pleasure in something really unpleasurable? Hmm. And it's really changing the way that we look at story and different things. So maybe I would offer, in addition to what you're saying and and uh, some of this is it's just maybe look at a different framework of the unseen world, right? It's like you don't you know that the wind exists because you can feel it but it's unseen. Energy, you can feel people's energy through the phone, but yet you don't see it. There's all, so if we kind of open ourselves up to not letting our logic side of the brain drive the bus and and be more open to um, these other things, they'll be more likely to be revealed because they're more sensitive, they're more unseen, they're not so tangible. It's like a muscle you need to flex. So what you've done, my observation of, of learning from you is you've been in a practice of observing being open to, and that's a muscle. And now you've totally made this credible experience because this muscle, you're now fit for being open to these, these experiences. And it starts with like any fitness program. It just starts with the first step. And so to me, it would be like, you know, you're, what you're describing your journey is you've basically, you're
0: in a mastery level of, of being open to this. Dude, i I knew, I I I knew I was going to be excited to have you have you do this interview because I because I, you and I have had these conversations and being able to share it and get an outside perspective because that is a reality of being so close to it like I joke it we joke at Clermotive all the time you can't see the label when you're inside the bottle and like being able to externalize it to you and hear you say that back, I'm like, okay, I need to ponder that. Cause I agree, but I want to think about it more because when you're on the journey, it's such a personal, it's very, it's very, very interesting. The value of having, you know, and that's one thing they said is like, reach out, call us like, this isn't done. When you leave, you can assimilate, you can call us anytime to help with integration, huge value around that in that process that you're right. It isn't a one and done. You just like that, that was your, you, you set yourself up for all the workouts to come. I
1: like the fitness. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the connection. So, You love connection is, you know, if someone else is listening or yourself, when you and I, we get, we really have these great conversations because we're getting connection, but we're, we're playing off each other, what we're both learning, what we're experiencing. And what we're finding is your experience and my experience, we're like, oh, we're kind of experiencing the same thing. And that's the way you discover this. I think I would encourage you when you hear what, what uh, Tyler is saying is. The experience I've had, because I feel like Tyler's more evolved. He's further ahead than me. I'm always coming to him for like, what are you like, what are you doing? Um, and and for me, what I found is uh the more it's not like I'm alone. It's like when someone else describes it and I get it further along, either they can show and I'm then I experience it later, or I find other people have the same thing and you start realizing that this isn't random. It's like no, we're it's- all kind of having the same experience. So there's something here worth exploring and the benefits. Have been pushed down over whatever for whatever reason, um, and so I think the rise of of you know I think I saw the the you know the psychedelic CEO was one of your last podcast right it was yeah
0: it was a great it was a great podcast. you know mm-hmm.
1: and you think about what we're opening up to as a society is I think with COVID we've been boxed in and now there's an opportunity for us to travel. Um, in a different way. It's a way for us to also, we've been trying to, we've been under fear and kind of not been able to have as much movement. And I think this has opened the door as a pattern interrupt globally for us to start rethinking. This is the fact that you're a businessman and you're talking about this, this would, this would not have happened years ago. (laughs) You would have been, you would have been ushered out of the industry (laughs) very promptly. And now it's a conversation, which makes me really excited about where, where it's next. So my last question to you is, what do you think? Where do you think this is going? Like, what are the benefits? You're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're a, a business person, you're going, that's all fine and good over here. But like, there's this whole world spirituality life integration. It's not like you said at the beginning, church and state. It's, it really does feel that this is really coming together. You're seeing businesses. I work with a, a client in the US with 40 agents and we do a, a meditation before we do our meeting. That would have never happened before. And I'm like, it's, it's things are changing. So I leave the floor with you. Kind of leave us a bit of a picture with your vision of all these things you've you've this experience you have and all you have, where do you see it going and where do you see you going with this?
0: Um, it's really, it's a great question. I, you know, have my own version of, you know, it's starting to permeate all of the different disciplines. Psychedelic CEO was a great example. His kind of position was why leadership training is flawed because how can a wounded human ever be a good leader no matter how many many courses they take if they don't deal with the wound? So I, you know, I'm just using that as a theme because I think if you look at anything in in any layer of business, and I know you're doing it with, with marketing and mindful marketing and if you start layering this, this becomes like it's like going, oh, the tech, the tech sector. It's not a sector. The technology is an underpinning of everything. This level of awareness that I think psychedelics are playing a part, but I, I love it. I think we're on I think we're on the rebound. Like if this was a relationship, we'd be on the rebound from a COVID relationship, which which held us back and kept us confined to our to our own devices. Now all of a sudden we're on the rebound and we're out there looking and we're open for things. So I see it starting to infiltrate different areas, and I think it'll happen at a different pace. You know, the senior leadership and psychedelics, that feels like a stretch to me, but yet, you know, Murray Rogers and the psychedelic CEO, he's running retreats with individuals that are using psilocybin to improve their leadership. You are doing mindful marketing, which again, your throat, words are going to psychedelic CEO. When did those two words ever go together? Mindful marketing. I think that's a, a consistent theme you're going to see across the board because there is a hunger for it. In my executive group, someone brought up, you know, microdosing and we talked about it for 45 minutes. I've been in that group for off and on for 10 years. Five years ago, you would have got blacklisted and probably been asked to remove the, to, to leave the group for bringing such blasphemous talk in there. So I think it's going to be everywhere. For myself, I don't know yet. It's been very personal. It's been very much be a better version of me that shows up, that allows me to bring a better version of myself to my leadership team, to my to my podcast, to my friends, to my wife, to my relationships. So it's been very much a me story right now. But you're right before I went into this I'm like wow who's going to be the me after and where can I take this and I'm not sure yet that's still that's still I I'd love to give you a concrete answer but it's more of a TBD mm.
1: mm-hmm. and you you touched on like the whole covid you know if we subscribe to that the, the you know life is happening for us not to us what is the gift in covid this this I think this this inward journey is actually the gift that's that's happening uh, on a, a global scale, uh, a little bit more of a reset. The Great Resignation that you hear about yep. is people really looking at what is the t- what am I willing to put my values in my is it aligned with my values and and the, I don't I don't separate my values that I go on the weekend with the values at work. They're now integrated
0: which I love the whole version of me. I think we've all had people we know or maybe we've done it ourselves where there's a version of us that shows up at work and a version that shows up somewhere else. That's exhausting. I want to just be the best version of me all the time. And this journey for myself is absolutely allowing that. The level of consistency that moves between. And if there's there's a, a negative, it's everywhere. And if there's a positive, it's everywhere too. So it makes it a lot easier to... You know, it's like you can't get the, your right side of your body fit and not your left side. Like it's a package deal. And I, I, I think that to your point, the last 18 months has really brought that. We start to look at ourselves as the whole person and what we're willing to accept and not anymore because we have a better sense of that. That's exciting to me. And I still think it's unknown where it's going to go, but it, it's not going to look like the past. That, that's for sure. And hey, I'm always, I, I love change. Change is the best. <laughs> the, we have the, gone because I've got hope. talking <laughs> about
1: this in, the, as a, in a coffee shop between us. In hushed tones, not really, but you know, hushed (laughs) tones. To now being on a podcast talking about it, and what I'd say is, I, you know, Guru Singh said, you know, I think it was the Black Peg ushered in the Renaissance. Like, what is next? I think people should really be more. I I don't think we're out of COVID by any stretch. No, I I think, I think, yes, all right. We're talking about it like it's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's done, and and so you know, I would say we're probably right in the middle. And listening to this podcast, this could be a door opener for so many people. I think this could be an incredible gift, and and just. You know, like, what would you say to somebody um, if they were like, what would I do next? What would you do after listening to this podcast? What would you have someone do?
0: So many. Go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Start to do some reading. Start to pick up. Like, one of my, I'm gonna, I am gonna, I did write down a book recommend from an action point. Uh, I don't know if you've read How to Change Your Mind, uh, What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches Us About Consciousness by Michael Pollan. No. Oh. It's a great doorway in to this world. Beautiful. He's a great writer, great researcher. He's also was interviewed on Tim Ferriss and he, and he pretty much the interview the book. So you can you can short circuit it if you want, but the book is a really good read. He takes a scientific approach but also somebody who's discovering it at the same time. It's really it's 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 a good read. I would recommend that for anybody who wants who has the logical but a, curi- a logically curious brain. <laughs> Very cool. And that's check a, out um, Ab- abogaawaken.com is the uh, is the two the two practitioners here in town that I was uh, privileged to go on my do my ceremony with. Aboga, uh, sorry, Adele and Sherry. Please reach out to them. They're fantastic ladies. Um, check out their website, but just give an email and have it have a chat. Like, if you're really curious about this, even if it's something you might you might not do or you might do down the road, I still really encourage you to have a conversation because they live in this world and you'll get a sense. And if you feel good with it, go forward. And if you don't, don't. Like, it's I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, but I'll kind of recommend it to everyone at the same time. Beautiful. I wouldn't prescribe it to anyone, but I would recommend it to everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think it's it's one of those things where a prescription that might feel forced where a discovery is something that you know um, is a beginning of a journey yes. do you know what I mean um and that's really what this is it's just a lifelong journey you know this isn't a destination you're just you're on this never ending journey so is there 100%. a
0: is there a next thing that you're now looking at?
1: Like, are you talking ayahuasca or anything? Or?
0: No, I don't think I'll do ayahuasca. I've had enough conversations with people to do it. just doesn't sound like the, the, the level of uh, purgatory I need to go through to get the insights. And I don't want to diminish anyone. I know there's been great insights that yeah. people have gotten, but it sounds... Would I do a BOGA again right now? No need, but I certainly wouldn't not do it. Cause once you've done the two, you can go back and do a single like session, like which my buddy has done four in the last year and a half. And he continues to get to insights every time. So I'm still in the assimilation phase and integration phase. And I'm happy to like, I got, I got a three month window before I make any next moves, but Oh Scott, you know me well enough to know this is a journey not a destination as you said. So I'm I'll be doing something. I just don't know what it is. This is a it's been a big one man. The, the the view from the top of this mountain is pretty interesting and the fog is clearing more every day so I'm going to hang out here for a bit.
1: <laughs> so is this going to be more of a conversation this type of uh discussion in the work that you're doing the podcast uh in business is this going to be, you know, part of the vernacular part of the the, your personal brand that you're going to share? is this just sort of like a component?
0: A little bit of both. I think in the podcast, there's a little bit of coming through. I've had a lot of guests on recently talking about the huge movement around psychedelics from a, not only an awaken and a, and a personal journey perspective, but also on collisions. Calgary is the uh, hub of research for psychedelics in Canada. Like nobody knows that. So I'm having some people on talking about that. I think the ability for psychedelics to have a positive impact on mental health in a time where that's needed and you know more than ever I I'm not sure where I fit into that world for, but for right now I'm, I'm taking the risk of telling the story because I don't think it's that risky. I think it's a story people. And I just can see by the downloads, people want to see it. Like it's not, it's not just me who's curious about this or you.
1: <laughs> well, I think I mentioned you before this podcast, my number one, uh, download like off the chain was spiritual groundswell with Guru Singh. I was a little bit nervous hitting send. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like, are people going to think this is really weird? And it's quite the opposite reaction. And that to me is, um, that's having outdated. me lean into it a little bit more as and well. And so. I'll give
0: you a plug. If anyone hasn't listened, go check out that episode. It's great. I listened to it. Uh, I think right after it came out, you sent it to me. And it was, it felt, it again, you're right. It was almost, un, it was unexpected, but it was very natural. Like it was only unexpected till you listened to it and it totally made sense. So, yeah. And I thought you guys, you guys had such a good energy and such a good dialogue. And you, you guys were discovering the concept as you were doing the podcast. So it was almost like eavesdropping on a bit of a two, two like co- collaborators bringing their story together going, holy shit, there's a bigger story here than there was with the two of us separate. And I watched that happen throughout the episode. I thought that was very cool. I, f- I felt like I was eavesdropping in on a, on, on this idea coming to life. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I got to tell you
1: this then. So, so I told you that I'm recording every week, every two weeks I'm with Guru Singh for two hours. We're actually recording us creating the course, this master course, because That's we awesome. thought the same thing, that people would want to see us actually co-creating it. Because we're actually dialoguing, does it mean this? And I'm asking questions. And so we're actually discovering it together. We're making that part of our course because it works so well in that podcast. And we're like, why not show behind the curtain? Like that's actually, it seems to be more in flow than structuring it. It seems more a different way of learning. So that's why we're calling it a masterful class because we're kind of like, you're watching it in real time and we don't, it's not like so structured like you would expect another class. So I think in the spring we'll be done uh, the production.
0: That's awesome. Well, by all means, check it out. Uh, Groundswell Podcast. Uh, Scott, huge, huge props for you and the work you're doing. And uh, thank, thanks, man. Like, just thank you you're for welcome. coming on. dude. No, thank I mean, you, dude. Awesome. This is a conversation we'd had anyway, so this is <laughs> super amazing, yeah. Fantastic. Everyone, thanks for thanks for listening. If you're really curious, go check out a few episodes back on They Just Get It. There's a great uh, conversation with Adele Emelson on Aboga Shaman and hearing her story, like, my, her story blew me away. So by all means, please go check it out and uh, then reach out and talk to her. It's the best way you can listen to somebody on a podcast, be be moved by them and then reach out and have a conversation with them. So please, that's, that's your homework, everybody. Chop, chop. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you, Scott.
1: Thanks, buddy.